Anyway, I want to talk to you this morning about all I want for Christmas this week is to survive. I just want to survive the holiday. And let's be honest, if we all were honest with each other, we would want something, peace on earth, time to ourselves, <laughs> eggnog, I don't know, um, vacation. Many of us, we just want stuff. If you ask some kids, what's Christmas about? Stuff! I want stuff! Toys! Toys. The marketing of this year is uh, incredible. Maybe this year we're going to be like the Griswolds and decorate the house so that you can see it from the moon. Um, find that perfect tree. We will find that perfect tree. How many used to go tree hunting? Not at the Wyman's, but out in the woods. Anybody besides me? Great. I am the only one. But, you know, we would go as a kid and my dad would find a tree in the woods and we would pick it and he would cut it down. And so that was kind of cool. Um, maybe you'll um, find that lost gift, that one perfect gift that you uh, wanted as a child and you never got. Anybody have those, like Rock'em Sock'em robots? Um, I got those when I was a kid. Or a weenie whistle. The Oscar Mayer weenie whistle. Or the game Mystery Date. Uh, my sister had that game. Uh, <laughs> and so, then, you know, we live it out as adults. We buy it for our kids. You know, the nine-month-old will sure enjoy that PlayStation 4 that you bought for them for the holidays. And uh, just enjoy playing all those games. But the problem of, we face this year, it's not um, really with our expectations. We get our expectations all up and, and things, uh, you know, we want to be festive. Um, we want uh, these great ideas and, and we're going to get the family together this year. Everybody's going to get together. There's going to be no fighting and uh, that's always fun. But usually you can do that, but we're going to see the Christmas lights and then get everybody's schedule who listens to Christmas music after Thanksgiving? Most everybody. The stations. Who listens to it all year? I do. There's my people. Thank you very much. Uh, so, you know, but some of my kids are like, really, really? Uh, we'll get to uh, go to an ugly sweater party. Have you ever done that? All right. Yeah. Uh, watch Will Ferrell and Elf and just be glad you don't have to wear tights. So, yeah. let me just say it. I say the same thing when I watch Robin Hood and Errol Flynn, so it really matters not. But, um, but anybody, you know, we, we're not all on the same page. You're going to run into people that don't feel maybe about the holidays you do. We live amongst Grinches. Bah humbug. We, we live amongst people that just want to get through this holiday. They just want to survive. And life has got to them in, in a negative way. And it can get to all of us if we let it. Because we need to keep our perspective on what is happening and what's God's plan. I remember getting a half-eaten bag of unsalted cooking peanuts for Christmas. True story. Unsalted cooking peanuts. Boy, I need those. And I don't know. The guy said, I just knew you'd like those. What am I going to do with a half-eaten bag of unsalted cooking peanuts? Oh, yes, thank you. Yeah. But reality is the true meaning is not in the things. It's not in the stuff. Some of the greatest things that I think that we look at when we put up our tree or uh, our kids are like, oh, look at this picture. And it'll be Zach when he's, you know, uh, 10 years old or something. And his picture's on a little ornament that he made. And those things you think don't mean anything. If you're a kid, you don't. But to a mom and a dad, those mean a lot. The, the ornaments that they put up every year. Hey, here's your ornament. Here's the Tinkerbell. I even have ornaments I put up. Here's, I have a John Wayne ornament that you push the wagon wheel and, and, the, and John Wayne's voice says, you might need me in this Winchester, Curly. You know, we put that up there and, and there's a Batman ornament and, and there's Star Wars ornaments and things the kids grew up with. 
but the true meaning is not in the stuff. But I want to encourage you, so as we start this series, I want us to look at the, the first, what we are celebrating Christmas, or the first family as far as when we begin to celebrate this holiday, probably had a more difficult and more dysfunctional time than anybody's Christmas in the building. And so I wanted to look at that. An angel appears to Mary and tells her what's going to happen. He's basically saying, you're going to have a baby. The Lord's going to come on you. You're going to have a baby. Here's what's going to happen. Luke 138 says, Mary said this, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So Mary says yes to God. She says, I'm in just as you said it. Count me in. I'm, I'm on the plan. Let it be as you said. If you've ever said that to God, you expect that there would be something that would follow that that would be kind of cool, something special. No bumps in the road, easy sailing. You know, and he had spoke to me and said, I want you to start a church. I just thought this is going to be a walk in the park. Never really done a church before, but that'll be. Yes. Glory, hallelujah. Many times prayer like that is followed uh, by what just happened what's going on everything's falling apart it seems like the bottom is falling out i just want you to know the enemy's never going to just roll down or, or lay down and roll over and say go ahead take the city it's yours if god has got you on a mission he's going to fight you every step of the way he's not just going to give up and say no we have the power according to the word to bind and to loose and so we have to take the authority that god has given us so i want to spend a couple minutes talking about the not so perfect first christmas so the first point i want to bring up to you this morning um, and it's the one mary and joseph had to work through is feelings of betrayal number one is feelings of betrayal matthew 1 18 says now the birth of jesus christ was as follows after his mother mary was betrothed to joseph before they came together she was found with child of the holy spirit so i want to bring some depth to this because we have americanized this this story so i want to bring some depth depth to this Uh, So our minds can kind of connect and make some sense of the value of the true meaning in the Jewish culture There were several stages to the wedding and marriage process And so some of the scripture is going to say fiance Some was going to say or it could say engaged and other places joseph decides to end the relationship It talks about divorce and you don't divorce somebody you're just engaged to So I want us to understand Engaged and fiance that they're talking about is not the same way that we talk about it here in those days marriages were arranged mary is stuck with this dude named joe seriously this is how this works she didn't pick him she might she probably didn't love him i don't know or worse yet she may not have even known him this is something that joe has made a deal with her dad and so mary uh, what historians said would have been somewhere around the ages of 13 to, to 17 years old and they're saying that joseph would have been around 30 How many parents are here hip to your 30-year-old hitting on your 15-year-old daughter? I mean, so this is already, in our our culture, that's like, okay, that's not good. But in this culture, that wasn't unusual. So uh, Joseph, he would have to support Mary. So he'd have to have a job. He would have to go through Mary's dad when he had the money to consummate the marriage. So in other words, they had a deal. This is what it's going to take. You're going to have to have such and such amount of money to do this marriage deal. So they created a contract, and he'd have to pay to be Mary's husband. Sounds romantic, doesn't it? (laughs) And so he would agree to the contract, seal the deal with Mary's dad, and when he had the money, at the agreed price. So then when he had all the money, he would go back to the father 
and with all the money. And so then uh, the marriage feast or wedding party, etc., would happen after that. So it took several steps for Joseph and Mary to get to where they are. So they're somewhere in the middle of that whole deal. And he's working. Now, Joseph is collecting money. He's working to bring her home. Uh, so he has all the money to get married. So he's working that right now. And then there's that curveball. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's a curve. Okay, this is what happens. She's pregnant. And he didn't do it. And he knows it's not him. So he's fighting what appears to be her unfaithfulness. And so he's got emotions running on. His thoughts are running wild. And it gets worse. Now she's delusional. Because she says, God did it. God has never done that before. This has never happened before in any history. This is what he has to believe. So she's trying to get him to believe something that's never happened. And the Bible says he doesn't really believe her. Because the Bible says this, that, that he set a plan in motion in his heart on how he would end the relationship. Because he's like, this is not, this is not good. And she's telling him it was the Holy Spirit. And this is what he says, freaky. Well, I don't know if he says that, but I'm just saying. Uh, so this is our first reference to the, to the breakfast cereal Fruit Loops. That's what he's talking about. He's like, Mary, you have been off your, you've lost your lid here. So, um, so this, but we find out in the mess of all this, the character of Joseph. We find out what really a man Joseph is, Jesus' earthly father. We find out, um, and so I want you to remember the contract. If she would have done this, the contract would be null and void. In other words, if this was true and she was unfaithful to him, he could null and void this contract, and uh, he could bring a certificate of divorce. That's where that comes in in Scripture. He could say, this is what she's done. We're not going through with this. If he did that publicly, now this is what's real important, she had to present a dowry, in other words, her money, to, to help say, here's what I'm bringing into this marriage. Here's what I'm bringing into the deal. She, he gets that now. He gets all of her money, and he doesn't have to pay her father. So he gets her money, and she is humiliated publicly. And Joseph would actually walk away with a win-win. Okay? He's going to get her dowry. He doesn't have to pay dad, and he's done. But this is what he does. You know, and he's such a good man that even though he believes she cheated on him, he decided to divorce her quietly, which means no fault, Give her back her dowry. This is before the angel, okay? And, he'll ha- and he still will have to pay dad. He's still going to have to fulfill the deal with dad, but he won't take her home as his wife. He's basically, basically, it's like, how many have ever taken a credit card, you, you paid it off with something else, and you don't even know what you're paying on now? He's basically paying for something he's not going to get. And, and he's just saying, okay, but I'm going to do it. Because he wants to honor and be an integral man. It speaks well of his integrity or what he really thinks of Mary. He's hurt, but he still loves Mary. He didn't want to embarrass her and ruin her life. So then an angel appears to Joseph, confirms Mary's story, and convinced him to go through the marriage plans. Think about the roller coaster that would be. Think about the, I mean, now it's easy to say, oh, yeah. <laughs> pregnant god did it and if you're back there we'd be like yeah right here's our second point relentless hardships think about a 13 to 15 year old girl that says yes to god to bring the messiah into the world almost loses her husband 
and then when it rains, it pours. Luke 2, 1 through 7 says, It came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census first took place while Cronius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Just a note, the reason they're going to where they're going is because they needed to be counted so that they can be drained of tax money later. That's why they're going. They have to be counted and so they're, you know, they're just going to bleed them of tax money later. And it would take them about four days from where they were to travel uh, to where they needed to be counted. And on the top of that, on just that four-day journey, now you're talking, uh, you know, it's not the easiest traveling is what I'm saying. She's not like she's going to get in the car and, you know, that's not what's happening. So four days journey, and now she's with child. I mean, she's with child. She's with child. And you can't hide this. Now, my wife is, is about five foot tall about 100 pounds wet with army boots, maybe. You could see her from behind, and, and she still looks fine. Okay, she would be nine months pregnant, and she still looked fine. But you wouldn't know she's pregnant till she turned around. She could clear off the coffee table. <laughs> she was all baby. So I'm, when I'm, I just want you to get in your mind, she's with child. She's just not a little bit pregnant. She pregnant. You got to understand the Bible when it says the time had came, she can't call the ambulance and say, my water broke. Think about the, the conditions or the uncomfortableness. I mean, and I'm I'm not a woman. I'm, you know. <laughs> yeah, just just saying nobody really expound on any of that. Okay. Not, but I mean, I don't know what a woman goes through just to have a baby. Carol Burnett said it's like taking your lower lip and pulling it up over your head. So I don't know if that means, you know, but God made, and they do that. Women can, man, they just, you know, babies, yes. I don't know. But she can't just do that. So I want to I step back and look. She's in an occupied country, traveling, not in shape to do it. Well, the shape of a kangaroo, but she's not in shape to do it. Joseph's not working. Think about that. Due to the requirement of the census, he's got to stop earning money to go be counted. She's got to go with him. I bet you Mary's thinking stuff like, why did I agree to this? What am I doing here? She's going all those things. She's got her family upset because she can't be with them at Christmas. Actually, this is really the first holiday, so that wasn't created yet. But you know what I'm saying. Uh, but back to the story, you know, he's got the same deal. They've got family that are mad at them because of the scandal. Things are going on. How'd she get pregnant? He didn't do it. God did it. Sure, God did it. Yeah, you, you know, and I mean, there's all this kind of rumors and stuff going around. They get to where they're supposed to, and due to the crowds, the hotels are all booked. She told him he should have went to Hotels.com, and he didn't do it. So we can kind of connect. Uh, we say yes to God, the bottom falls out. And that isn't what we pictured it to happen. We Sometimes when we just say, God, I, yeah, I'll do it. And it just doesn't happen the way you want. It isn't the cute little nativity scene with a star right over the top. The wise men are there, which they weren't. 
But that's how we, you know, we picture that. Both Mary and Joseph were of royal lineage, both descendants of King David, which meant if the Romans weren't there, they would have been the royal family living in luxury. Here's our third point this morning, and then I'm going to give you three survival tips. Crushing loneliness. These are so happy, aren't they? I thought so. Uh, many people, especially this time of year, deal with especially uh, just being lonely, uh, ostracized, being, uh, you know, just I'm a, by myself, and they feel like the world is against them. But Mary and Joseph would have felt that way just because of what is going on with their families. They would, I mean, what was happening with Mary? They're trying to work out issues just between each other because, remember, you know, Joseph is trying to, to grab all this and put it down. All He had to have that angel come and say, she's telling you the truth, Joe. If Joe had to be there, so did his family. And I never really thought of that before. But if Joseph had to be there to be counted, so did his parents. So did his family. The Bible doesn't really say anything about that. So obviously they're traveling by themselves. So they're already, they feel alone. You know, if they had family nearby, they could have stayed with them, but they were alone. Another historian said, you know what, it says there's no room for them in the inn. A historian said that the Greek, that meant the upper room or guest quarters. So it would suggest that Joseph's family would have already arrived there and they had already taken all the space and said, you can't come in here. You guys have to stay in the barn. I never thought of that. Just being rebuked by your family or turned away or, or shunned. No matter which way you slice it, this isn't leave it to beaver. This isn't June and Ward. This is, this is not what they were expecting. They were alone. They were rejected. Anybody can relate to that? Maybe not in that same situation, but where you feel that same way. Luke 2, 8 through 20, they were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. The glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were greatly afraid. The angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them to heaven, shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem, or let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. They came with haste and found Mary and Joseph, the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made it widely known the sayings which was told them concerning this child. All those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. Now that's a lot to read, but I, I, I think it's really cool that shepherds are the first ones. That, you know, that that announcement comes and the shepherds are the first ones. After prayer yesterday, I was talking with Furman, and there were a couple of us standing there, and he was saying, can you not picture like a a veil you know that you can kind of see on the other side but people on the other side really can't see it's almost like one of those two-way mirrors you know you can kind of you ever you ever walk by one of those if you go into a sometimes a goodwill or depending on where they are they have that mirror and people are and you know you, you forget there's somebody on the other side watching you you know but anyway i mean you wonder if if they the angels are just waiting and he said could you imagine them just you know busting out of that and going yes we get to so the so those shepherds 
come out and uh, and they're the ones out there and the angels appear to them and and they you know began to say this is what's happening glory to god in the highest and so the shepherds are the the ones that first get that news and i thought that was awesome because jesus is the master shepherd is he not and we are the under shepherds of him and so that's a cool thing so at the first people that find this out are the shepherds and they say let's go so God says this, we need to party. I mean, God is saying, we need to, this is a celebration, so we need to party. And so he tells the shepherds, the shepherds, they are the, at that time, they're the lower class uh, people. They're working third shift. And they show up at Joe and Mary's door at one or two in the morning, and they crash the party. Isn't that amazing? They, they're just like, yes, let's go see this. They don't care about the time. They just go take care of business. They come and crash in the morning. Now, I, I, if Mary is like any other w- woman, you just don't want somebody to crash into your house if you're not ready. Now, she's in a barn. It's not her house. But just having a baby, I'm not, again, I'm not a woman. But when I go visit, uh, uh, like someone from the congregation in the, the hospital, I tend to try, especially if they're a female, I tried to go in late morning or mid-afternoon because I've done early. Not good. They have something called a face they have to put on. And if I get there too early and they don't have the face, they're like, oh, pastor, I don't want you to see me this way. You know, or whatever. So I, you know, so I don't know. I mean, what I'm saying is they come in, they crash the party, and they're just like, this is what's going on. And they're excited. This is what the angels have said to us. All I want for Christmas, many of us are saying, you know what, I just want to survive. I want to get through this holiday and move on. There, there are sometimes, you know, holidays because everybody's celebrating. Things have happened that uh, people are remembering a holiday for not the reason it's supposed to be remembered. So I want to give you some survival tips today. Okay, are you ready? Three of them. going to be easy. Um, here's number one. Give the people you love a break. Give the people you love a break. Take the high road, decide to walk in love and forgiveness before you ever get there. You know you're going to meet people or see people that you only see once or twice a year. You love them so much that you're glad you don't have to see them anymore. You love them, but you don't want to go on vacation with them. <laughs> Give them a break. Already decide when you go in there, you're going to be positive. You're going to be, you're going to be taking the high road. You're not going to get into little petty things. Proverbs 18, 17 says the first one to plead his cause seems right until his neighbor comes and examines him. There's always two sides to every story. First Corinthians 13, 7 uh, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And that's talking about love, obviously. Here's our second survival point for this morning. And the one I want you to really remember, actually, this too shall pass. Remember that hardships are seasonal hardships are seasonal ecclesiastes says that there is time for everything there is a time a season for every activity under heaven lamentations 3 21 through 23 says this i recall to my mind therefore i have hope through the lord's mercies we are not consumed because his compassions fail not they are new every morning great is your faithfulness all the stuff that mary and joseph went through did settle down they had to flee for their lives because the king was threatened by the real king I mean, they had to, in a dream, they had to wake up, get the baby, had to get out of there. It was a season. Maybe this Christmas is tough for you due to 
a loss of job or hardships that you've had, maybe divorce, alone, a loved one has passed, kids are gone, loss of a parent, money challenges, debt, need a job. It's your first Christmas away from family. I don't know what it is. Just know it won't always be that way. It won't always be that way. Difficult times come, but know this, and you need to hear me, they also go. This too shall pass. I want to remind you God helps you in every situation. He always provides for you. A twist in the story is that Mary and Joseph had to run to Egypt, and that wasn't their home. They had to get up and flee. They did it to survive and save their son. Herod decides every baby two and under needs to be killed. That's why the wise men weren't there when all this happened, because now some time has gone by, and he wants every child two and under to be killed. So that's why it took some time. But anyway, they brought three types of gifts. As estimated by historians and theologians as the gifts they gave, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, ranged somewhere between 500,000 and 1.5 million in today's dollars. What a gift for a king. So I want you to understand, God set him up. Joseph didn't have to worry about paying the bills. I never thought of that. He had to flee to Egypt. He's already left his job. He's got no work. What's he going to do? How's he going to take care of that? God said, I got this. Listen to me. You might have hardships, but hardships will pass. Stay focused on what God has called you to do. Sometimes God does things and he he does whatever he needs to do in their seasons and that's okay. Just stay focused. You have to be obedient. We have to be obedient. All God's children need to be obedient. And do what you're supposed to do and God will bring peace to you. He'll make all that work. And he'll provide. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's got this. God's always providing for our needs. Joseph, was, he would need money to live on. He would need money for food and lodging and all of that while he's just protecting Jesus. He's already got that. I never even thought of that before. I'll, I never really wondered what he did with all those gifts, but it makes sense. Here's our last point. Remember, you're never alone. Maybe you've made some decisions for Christ and they've been unpopular with your friends or your family. Maybe because of your faith, you've lost what you once thought were friends. I have people that have come to the Lord, and I know, and they're like, I don't have those friends anymore. Trust me, if you lost them because you came to Jesus, they were never your friends anyway. Everybody has a lonely moment from time to time. Remember the song, it's you and me against the world. Sometimes it seems like you and me against the world. God is always with you. Mark 10, 29 through 30, Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there's no one who has left, this is one of my wife's favorite passages, by the way, has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. This is what Jesus is saying. If you did this for obedience to me, I'll restore it not once, but a hundred times better in this lifetime. In this lifetime. God will bring people to you, no fear. Shepherds might come to your house at one in the morning and partay. (laughs) He'll send you help. He'll send you friends. If you look around at TLC this morning, you're going to have a new family. People that care about you. People that believe in you. People that will be there for you. You're not alone. You're not living in a survival mode. Here in this house with these people, with God's Uh, leading there is more much more than what you've ever experienced always remember this we celebrate christmas because he came here's a news flash Uh, he ain't leaving now okay he came to stay and he's coming back to get us 
and he's going to take us with him. So he's never leaving you, never. Turn to your neighbor and say, never. Emmanuel means God with us. And so I just wanted to give you three survival tips today. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning?